We are Squawking Dead, a podcast polarizing episodes of the Walking Dead universe. Sometimes we give you news, sometimes we make you laugh, but most times we go deep. And today we have a special treat for you covering the second episode of Tales of the Walking Dead titled Gina slash Blair or Blair slash Gina. In any case, we have a special guest for you. It's Diana from Screens in Focus. Screens in Focus likes to talk about the things that you probably watch too, like Stranger Things and all these special sci-fi movies and lovely pop culture things. I love listening to Diana and her friends' conversations on her podcast. She actually already posted this podcast in full with all the ums, ahs, and the lulls and the silences. That's just how she does. As usual, I'm a little bit more anal and I love to engineer the sound a little bit more and give you picture. So if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll be able to enjoy all of our lovely faces, at least for the little while that they're on because of some of the technical difficulties that we had. Please enjoy this podcast. I loved having Diana on and getting her take. And we actually even had a conversation about her podcasts and our podcasts and our histories and we got a little catch up with one another after this was all over, and it, she's just a great human to talk to and collaborate with. And without further ado, here is Tales of the Walking Dead, the second episode. David Cameo, and I'm joined by Diana hey. from, Scre- from Screens and Focus. <laughs> Woo! Woo! And Zero and I, Rachel Burt, Sherrod hey. A.K.B. Blazing Gardner, and Punky Brewster. <laughs> Actually, no, it's Bridget. It's just Bridget. P-O-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. That's Kofi.com slash Punky Brewster. And Mitchell's in the audience. And we're hey, here Mitchell. to talk about Tales of the Walking Dead, second episode titled Blair slash Gina. Spoilers ahead. I've never said that on any show ever. (laughs) This is episode 197. I've never said spoilers ahoy or spoilers ahead. Ahoy? (laughs) Ahoy? Why did you say ahoy? Because it sounded better in my head. (laughs) It wasn't. Spoilers ahoy! (laughs) I promise it was not better. Yeah. The Facebook disagrees with you. Anyway, let's talk about actually how what you've thought so far of the first two episodes and the concept of Tales of the Walking Dead in general. You know what, to be honest, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. I knew that the first two episodes were going to be comedic. And as much as I love comedy, I thought The Walking Dead and com- comedic, I really wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it. So I tried to go in just blank, like, okay, I'm not going to have too much of an opinion. I just want to go in and see what happens. And I think that was probably the best way to go into it. Because I think you're always pleasantly surprised if you <laughs> lower the bar some. And so I thought the first episode was, and I know you guys have covered it, but I thought it went pretty good. I mean, especially as it went on, as the episode went along. This episode, I uh, found myself laughing out loud. <laughs> so I'm like, Wait, let me ask okay. you, did you laugh yeah. more the first time around or the second time around? The second time around. Okay, see, that's why I asked the question, because I was like, now that we've kind of seen it, we kind of know what's coming, and it kind of... Because at the first, you're, you're kind of like not sure, if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if everybody agrees with me on this one, you're kind of not sure what the heck is going on. So you don't know what's going to happen next, and everything does kind of look morbid as 
Blair says at some point at the first point. And then when you watch it the second time around, you it's like you're allowed to laugh. Yeah. At what happens. Did you guys feel the same way about that? Yeah, I loved it and was so... <laughs> so like excited for other people to watch it so that I could talk about it that I like bothered Charity and Rachel about it like you should watch it it's so good I love it so much I was so excited um, and so then I even ended up like texting Tom like on Instagram being like Tom like, did you watch it yet Tom, Rachel and Charity aren't watching it yet what do you think I need to talk to somebody about this and he didn't love it as much as I did so that was really disappointing yeah, of course he didn't Tom so um, Tom. but I'm super thankful that he even responded and was like yeah i did see it i thought it was very fun and i think that's kind of the whole point of this right like they have the opportunity and independence now to really explore the genre and kind of do some different things and i'm a really big dark comedy person i'm a big fan idle hands is like one of my favorite movies in high school because it's like so funny and dumb and just i really like loved heathers yeah like i really loved heathers a lot because i just really love those like really weird bad dark comedy so uh i like the vibe from this one for sure mm -hmm. the first time i watched it i was just really like huh what <laughs> what but then sharon and i talked about it and she shared a fantastic theory and so now that's the only thing that i think and i'm convinced that this is the truth because if it's not the truth <laughs> i won't i can't i won't like it i don't like it uh. unless this is the truth so. Okay, wait. Ooh. <laughs> now, I don't want to know the theory, but um, drill down on why you might not have liked it. Or outside the theory, what was it okay, about outside, it that was like, I don't, mm, I don't, mm. Because we're watching people respawn, and that's not real life. People don't <laughs> die and then come back to life and get to try again. That's not real. Don't they? It's not real. <laughs> no, they what don't. The that is all about? No, they I'm kidding, don't. I'm kidding. No, they don't. I'm sorry, but they don't. You don't die and then get to try again. She's just mad because Glenn didn't get to respawn. Exactly. Get me back by Glenn. Or Nacho. Or Nacho. Yeah, we, or we Nacho. We established this last episode. I like, them, I like them dead. <laughs> like them dead. <laughs> but only if they can come back. And actually no. not just emotionally yeah. unavailable. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two spit takes in a row. <laughs> I just wanted to interject about people that have died and you want them to come back to life. And I just have to interject. And sorry, it is a spoiler. If people have not watched Stranger Things, but it's Eddie. Need Eddie, Eddie. to come back. And yes. we had a slight theory about that. If things that happen in the Upside Down somehow can reverse or... I know we're not talking about that right now, so <laughs> just, <laughs> I just want to put that out there, though, right? Right. Because it right. did happen in the Upside Down, didn't happen <laughs> in the regular Earth world. So, sorry, back to this. It practically happened to the big boss. It practically happened. Yeah. yeah. See, see, but you know what? You know what's so funny about having? I mean, I'm not going to talk about Stranger Things too much, but you know, what's so funny about what's happened in the last few seasons is that we got to see a whole bunch. Well, we got to see blah 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 come back. And they released, didn't they release an image, Stranger Things Twitter account saying Eddie will be back? That was like I a, think I saw that It was like a fan yes. promo. It I was wasn't a fan sure. Promo. I wasn't sure about that. Yeah, it was a fan I saw promo. that too. Okay. I saw that and I thought, ooh, we were right. This could happen. But we, we <laughs> forgot, we forgot completely about Barb. I mean, I know we got yeah. to see her corpse. Why did she come back? I never forgot about Barb. 
Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is like our job. Our job is to remind people. Uh, and uh, what was his name? Oh my God. In the walking dead. Heath. 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 Yeah. Heath yeah. Damn it. I'm still waiting for Heath to pop up somewhere. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. You forgot. Where is Cindy, Dave? Cindy. Oh, from Oceanside. Oh, Where is like she? Eduardo. Where and is she? Cal and, uh, and, uh, <laughs> Uh, 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 there's another one. <laughs> there's all, there's many. Where's Scott? Where's Scott? Scott? We saw Scott. him for a second and then he went away again. Anyways, Love that guy. But yeah, if, if, if they all can come back on Stranger Things, Barb can, I guess, come back, even though we saw her again in the, what, season three, I think it was. It's a very, very dead corpse. Or I think it was like a hallucination, wasn't it? Yeah, one of the delusions of somebody I, i'm always down for some groundhog day action that's one of my favorite movies so so the first time i watched it i watched it with bridget and rachel and my picture was terrible the screen was really choppy so i was having a really hard time following visually what was going on but just listening to it i was i was like this is great i i love it so when i went back and watched it again the second time with an actual picture it was it was really good i loved that it. it was funny and mm -hmm. just something different like they were like hey we could try something different let's do it let's throw it out there and see what happens I don't, and everybody was like oh it's the worst episode ever i've ever seen i hated it and i was like no this was great I, it was great one thing i love about this series is that they can take chances and do different things and it doesn't really matter because it's not like technically part of the main show you know people aren't gonna be oh this is terrible but you know it's it's just a side so a side show so it's not really that important right and i think that's a lot a lot of the reason why i was not mad at the beer bottle balloon fear the walking dead's fifth season <laughs> I was kind of like, let them do what they're going to do, even though it's going to look, it looks bananas. And I thought of the Rainbow Connection as they were doing it. And then I actually made the video of the Rainbow <laughs> Connection music along with the scene. But I enjoyed it because it was like, let this show do what it's going to do. It doesn't have to be The Walking Dead. And this is, I say this every season of Fear the Walking Dead, for one through seven, let them be Fear the Walking Dead. It's not The Walking Dead. That's why we watch it. Mitchell says, I really enjoyed the episode. When I watched it for a second time, I loved it even more. Yeah, there is a common refrain. Seems to be really polarizing. Like, either mm. people are like, I really loved it, or people are like, this is the worst episode I've ever seen. It's really opposite stuff that I'm seeing from people. I did not hate it by any means. Even this amazing theory aside, it just, like, broke my brain a little bit. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll never what? forget. <laughs> Sharon D asked Rachel, what does it mean when Saul turns off the dough machine at the Cinnabon? <laughs> she, she goes, well, I guess it means that the dough's spinning. I guess the dough's done. That's all I thought. I'm too, I'm too literal. I'm too fucking literal. <laughs> you, you have no idea. I don't, I don't know if I've ever laughed at a show that much as I did when I was editing that moment. Because <laughs> that means the dough's done. Yes, the dough's done. Just to give you a, pi a full picture of what Rachel's trying to say right now. The uh, dough's done. That should be a shirt. <laughs> the dough's done. I, no, I guess that means the dough's done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Better Call Saul again. I'm sorry. We're going to weave in and out of, for the, everybody, not just Diana. Anyway, so <laughs> for my part, it is exactly what you guys are saying. I love it when a show can take the opportunity to try something that we don't do in the main universe. So not the main universe, the main show. And 
unapologetically, and this was very unapologetic, as unapologetic as Blair for most of this episode. That's how unapologetic it was, at least in this one. Do you really want to hear a band's uh, sophomore album sound exactly like the first album? I know that most people say yes. I want the no. hits to sound the same. Weezer's Pinkerton was the best album they've ever put out. <laughs> Screw anybody who says otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what i'm saying like you don't, you want something new you want to hear something like a next level like a progression and i think this is part of that we're filming in digital we have like these star-studded cast members parker posey terry cruz but that that's sort of what my next helmet's going to be and, and that's though i like the way channing powell has laid out the episodes because it's brilliant terry cruz episode everybody's gonna love that we jar them with the second episode, but then we bring them back to Alpha, the Alpha episode, Alpha, the D episode, and then whatever happens thereafter. But like, you know, we're, we're just kind of peaking, peaking valleying this to ease people into it. But my feeling is that no matter what they do to ease audiences or let's just say flagship TWD audiences into the series, I think ultimately everybody's going to be disappointed for various reasons. But most of the reasons going to be. It's not the TWD I signed up for. Mm. The same complaint as Fear the Walking Dead, even though they don't verbalize it or say otherwise. It's just that they want more TWD. See, but they got more TWD with World Beyond, and they still complained about that, too. Because that was straight up TWD. That was, a, I mean, what what was the difference? But everybody hated it. Or, yeah. It was boring, or I didn't like it. Or, what it was was they wanted to see Rick in it was the yeah. whole thing. And yeah. since they didn't get to see Rick in the CRM, they fucking hated it. Well, like great expectations, right? Like you, you say, oh, there are hints of Rick throughout this episode. And it's like, you don't see a Rick. People are going to revolt. But I think people had legitimate concerns. Like, but we didn't criticize it as much while we were covering it. Every now and again, we would. Yeah, TWD World Beyond isn't the same caliber as The Walking Dead or isn't the same caliber as even Fear the Walking Dead in its, in its own right. I speak with people who tried it out and people who are even fair weather fans. The big thing they didn't like about it was you know, the acting in, in a sense. And some of the some of the execution overall, they didn't understand it or didn't want to understand it after a while. There's no payoff. Well, that's on them for not listening to the podcast. I did enjoy in this one that it was the onset of the apocalypse. Right. So we get to see what was happening in a different you know, in different people's lives while we were watching this. So I thought that that was really good because that's what we like to see is right when it's happening and how people react and if they're going to rise to the occasion of what is happening. And like you, all of you guys were saying, it's their chance, an opportunity to try something out. So with each one, it's completely different and people are going to respond differently to each one. And I, it makes me wonder if they're kind of going to throw all these out and depending on which one has people cheering, <laughs> will they take that style or those actors and maybe continue with that? Or I even thought, wouldn't it be cool if they all these people somehow collided right. eventually? That is something I that we said the in the first, thing. in the last episode. Oh, did episode. you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, wouldn't it be great if there was, well, one of the things we said was, wouldn't it be great if there was a common thread? And so far, I think we are kind of seeing it. The second thing was, wouldn't it be great if these crossed over somehow, these bled yeah. through, these stories bled through. One of the things that I had said in our Discord was, uh, in the spoiler chat for the next episode was, wouldn't it be great if we saw a continuation, like season two was just a continuation of this season's episodes. Like, okay, episode one is the continuation of the uh joe evie episode and season two would be a continuation of the blair gina episode uh. and maybe there is a bleed over or something like that or a thread 
through those throughout throughout those stories somehow and we have to keep on looking for it but it would be just a continuation of that because look for the people who like these episodes it seems as though they want to see how the story continues and right. that's going to be the bigger complaint i think and to be perfectly frank, I'm not sure how to feel about that, too, because as much as I do want to see a continuation, isn't the danger uh, retreading the ground, right? Um, like, isn't aren't these supposed to be one-offs if we start acquiescing to fans? Aren't we just doing the same thing as creating just a new series? Like, a like not an anthology series, period, but like a actual series with six separate stories moving forward. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I kind of agree with the last part of what you said. Wouldn't that kind of defeat the purpose of having an anthology? Instead of having it rigidly, you know, season two, episode one, Joe and Evie, say season three, episode four, they throw in a Joe and Evie episode and kind of update us. It doesn't have to be a rigid set episodes. They could sprinkle those in here and there to catch us up. Or even have them show up in, in someone else's new story right. or new anthology right. episode. Yeah, we did see that in the Twilight. See, I'm always going to be comparing this to the, to the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Just fair warning. <laughs> Not in terms, well, I mean, last, uh, Evie and Joe, I got to compare it to The Shelter, which was dead on. But there are a few episodes in the Twilight Zone that do kind of have this reappearance. I think one of them is the Genie episode, and there's another one with the uh, ventriloquist act. Ah. Yeah, if, if you guys remember, there's there are two episodes with with the same dummy. And uh, one is like kind of like a revenge episode of the first dummy. I'd like to see that. I feel like the showrunners know that we like that kind of stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Like the fans love the little Easter egg connections and stuff. They're going to put that kind of stuff in there because that's what right. we, the, the deep fans, love to find, you know, and they know that. Just like the Wendell, you know, I was going to bring it up. Wendell, the, the fear shout out in this episode. It's not a, it's not an absolute connection. He's obviously not Wendell, but it's got to be a fear shout out. Wendell in an oil tanker with little toy Yeah, there has to be a nod no to Wendell way. from Fear the Walking Dead. Yeah, you know, it has yeah. to be. Did Mikey uh, direct this episode? Mikey Satrazemus? Yeah. I think yeah. he so did. That, okay. See, that makes yeah. sense to me. Yes. Then obviously he would do that. I think so. The first thing I actually do want to talk about is something that shows up in the beginning and end of the episode, and that is the folie adieu. <sighs> Gina does mention it at the end when she's finally like coming to grips with what's happened. And now that they're through the looking glass, I actually wrote down what was on the screen rather than what was in the uh, NCBI because I, I looked it up in an actual medical resource. But then I was like, you know what? Screw that. Let's just go in canon. <laughs> it is a shared psychotic disorder. Now, 1.5 to 2.5% of psychiatric hospital admissions are a symptom of, <laughs> of folly I do. This is according to the Wikipedia article from 2010, I guess, that she's reading, which seems high to me. <laughs> I mean, unless there are not that many people checking in or being involuntary checked in. I don't know. But the key thing to kind of talk about here is that in every case of this, there's a primary partner and a secondary partner. The secondary partner is, is the one who gets the diagnosis. The primary partner is just a weirdo, you know, sociopathic, narcissistic personality, or, schizo or usually it's schizophrenic. 90% of them are a family member. The key is that though more than half suffer auditory hallucinations, 30% of the secondary partners suffer from them as well, though it's shorter in duration and frequency. But the theme is that the delusions are persecutory or mystical. So obviously they feel like they're being victims of a cir of circumstance. You know, these are the delusions that they're they're coming under. Now, there are many types of folie adieu, but primarily this is the one that 
I think they're suffering from, I'll, I'll say the first one, but here's the second one. It is communicated psychosis, which means the secondary partner resists the delusions. And as we see in the episode, it's not even apparent that Gina actually went through the repeat at first. She kind of just keeps going. She completely just mind erases and doesn't even act like it actually happened. But with the introduction of the secondary partner's own delusions, the combined delusions align with the primary partner's initial delusion. So the secondary partner actually starts to see things and then they conforms to the primary partner's initial delusions. That's, I think, what we're dealing with here. The first one is imposed psychosis, which is delusions are accepted by the secondary. When the primary is gone, they cease, which did not happen here. But what's great about framing this episode in this way is how you get to see the events that transpire, essentially. You don't see Gina except the delusion at first. Even the second, the, the second repeat, she kind of just goes, I have to, the vending machines that can't, it's out of order and I need to go to the place to get more snacks. And, and, and she goes, fuck you. And then she leaves. Did you know about the existence of this condition before this episode? They always pull this shit out of the, out of the ether and throw this at us. And, and like, I, oh, I just learned something new today. It seems like a pretty deep cut in terms of like mental illness and and disorders like i never heard of it it's interesting and i joked last night on twitter um when i was live tweeting during the episode that i knew that dave would screenshot the list that uh gina had written up (laughs) of all of the disorders and immediately following my saying that i saw it posted like a million other places um why bother yeah (laughs) why bother i'm just don't don't need to reinvent the world All three types of bipolar disorder, narcissistic personality disorder. Sociopathy. Yes. And I kind of read through because I was like, bipolar type three. I like didn't know that one off the top of my head. So I like read through the um, the explanation for that. And I, I just think it's interesting. I think it's cool that like after this, I was so interested that I wanted to look it up and see what that meant and, and cases of it. I, I've read some case studies to see like in what case would this happen and how did that go about and and what happened to end it so before you continue what what for those of you who don't know what we're talking about because it's possible one of the windows on gina's screen contains a list of blair's personality disorders as which she cleverly hides in front of the folly ado uh <laughs> wikipedia article which of course Blair's not going to think is about her. But yeah, so it's narcissism, sociopathy, bipolar one, bipolar two and bipolar three and schizophrenia is at the bottom of the list. So I think it's interesting that because the episode is so unusual and because we're so not used to seeing this kind of stuff and it introduced new terminology to the majority of the viewers, it results in you wanting to learn more about it. And I just think that's really cool when a TV show can do that. I don't want to get too far ahead, but morphic resonance was something I also looked up because of... same. Of Blair's mention of it, and and that's also a really interesting concept. It's a little, little it's weird. It's a little hippy dippy. But <laughs> <laughs> what that's does that cool. mean? What does that mean? Morphic resonance was a concept created by Alfred Rupert Sheldrake, an English author, and he said that the idea of mysterious telepathy type interconnections between organisms and of collective memories within species. 
And he stated that it accounted for like phantom limbs, how like dogs know when their owners are coming home, which to me would be like they could hear it, but whatever. Um, and, then, <laughs> and then the other one that I thought was kind of cool is how you can feel someone staring at you, even if you're turned mm. away from them, which is yeah. kind of interesting. And that's not really like an explainable phenomenon. So it was kind of cool. I mean, he's in parapsychology. <laughs> so like you know like like, like kind uh, of a pseudoscience like venkman was in in uh, ghostbusters <laughs> yeah so not like something i'm like ready to like firmly believe in but i no. thought it was a really cool concept and i think it really speaks volumes the flair is like have you ever heard of morphic resonance whereas gina is like looking up a legitimate thing that has case studies and everything so i just thought that was kind of speaks a lot <laughs> to their personalities right mm -hmm. how different they are actually but it's not that strange that she brings that up because in the beginning, not the first repeat, but just in the beginning, she's actually reading a passage from The Dying Brain by Chase Chase Helzer, which I don't know if is an actual real article, but the article that I pulled up with that quote is from a article titled Dying Brains Silence Themselves in a Dark Wave of Spreading Depression. Now, the quote is, at the edge of life and death is a spreading dark wave, is what she says in the car to her fiance brian this is a passage this is a quote from a harvard biologist called aristides leao i don't know if i'm saying this right it sounds brazilian or something but he describes the sudden silencing of electrical electrical activity in the exposed brains of his unconscious experimental animals after subjecting them to injuries applying electrical shocks poking them with glass rods or cutting the blood in the arteries he calls it the spreading depression basically watching all of the electrical activity in the brain cease spreading out and the neurons sputtering the last bit of their what he called um, something like like a electrical juice because the the chemical balance of the neurons in the brain is out of whack so they just kind of like fire on all cylinders because they don't know what to do anymore so they just kind of yeah it sounds as perverted as it I made it sound sorry that's interesting because isn't that also what brian says to her when she's talking about deja vu he's like that's just your uh neurons firing with nowhere to go or whatever he says that's exactly it mm. i'm glad I, I wasn't gonna include that last bit too and i'm glad i actually read it out but um i didn't read it out i just remembered it when i read it these are experiments from the 1940s so i'm sure it's been published mm. elsewhere he conducted these experiments obviously at harvard but also in europe as well and Sounds the image barbaric. in the article reminded me of TS-19. Test subject 19 from the from World Beyond? No, test subject oh. ni 19 from oh. the final episode of the first season oh. of Walking Dead. Jenner's wife. Yeah, and that yep, was right. what I thought. You I mean, mean Dr. Jenner? That was exactly what I thought of. The other yeah, Dr. The other, Jenner. The, the better Dr. Jenner. Dr. Jenner. <laughs> the better Dr. Jenner. From France? Okay, okay. <laughs> Again, cool Pick up, uh, Bridget, for the, uh, that's just neurons firing. I think it was at the end. I'm not sure exactly where this is mentioned now that I'm thinking about it. One of them is saying to the other, and I think this is maybe even Gina, she says something to the effect of kind of going along the, the lines of morphic re resonance, but also mentioning the folly ado. Like, you know, this is our shared delusions. None of this was real. None of this is what we're doing right now. This whole tanker thing blowing up in our face. That's not real. Uh, me eating you. That wasn't real. But part of what's interesting about the spreading of the um, the Great Depression is what they would refer to it the the die the spreading of the dying light or something like that the dark wave is that what if it didn't that's kind of what would happen here is if that dark wave never happened and you mix in the morphic resonance you get what kind of happens here part of what 
what makes morphic resonance morphic resonance is that the is the idea of memories not existing entirely in the brain and the brain being merely like ra uh, radio or tv antennas your brain is picking up your memories from somewhere else whether it be your body whether it be somewhere else you know because he talks about quantum physics and stuff like that obviously because it's very woo because uh, oh <laughs> let's just blame it on on quantum physics right you'll get it from somewhere else some quantum dot in another area right so he's saying that that may be attributed to systems picking up memories or habits from other systems or nature which is essentially saying we're where this is dimensions where we're entering into different dimensions because that's where our brains are picking up these signals all this to say the big question what do you think is happening here really I really want to hear Sharon's theory because yeah. I don't think I heard it. So I'm very Credit curious. Credit to the author. Yeah. I think that they're in one of the Walking Dead video games. Oh. And that's why they keep respawning. Ah. Because, <laughs> you know, when you're playing a video game, you have to do a certain combination of moves right to move on to the next level to go past something. And all of the characters in the scene where they're at the gas station, aside from the marshal, all of the characters do the exact same thing every time. That's exactly what I was going to say. They, they, they're like the NPCs. Yeah, and they have pre-programmed moves. That's that really they interesting. Okay, that's that an interesting theory. Yeah, that is. That's, that's a cool theory. I've, nev I've never heard of thought mm -hmm. that, that theory. That's, that's mm -hmm. really good. My initial impression from when we first, when we finished watching, was that they're already dead. Me too. <laughs> I thought they died the first like the first time that is such a lost i reject that because it is so <laughs> lost i don't even i don't even want to hear it I, I totally reject that theory i love all these thoughts and i never thought of that video game i think that's genius theory actually but i kept wondering though why are they going through this what is the purpose of even like groundhog day what are you doing are you you're learning something right and then at the beginning of the episode crazy was playing and so what is insan insanity right it's like but repetition <laughs> yes and mm. not you know and doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different the, result yeah until you do something different will it change so i didn't have any other theories other than them changing within themselves making a change within themselves because blair really does change the most in this to me because she is very selfish and i love that rant that Gina went through <laughs> about all you do is talk, 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 talk. And, uh, and then when you're you done, know, you talk. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I loved her delivery. I thought it was perfect. Because you see her change after each retake. I'm not sure how, you know, for lack of a better word, retake. You know, every time it ex yeah, <laughs> She reacts a different way and becomes less and less selfish through each take. She tells the group, you know, her employees, you know, you can leave early now. She tells her fiance, we aren't good for each other. Thank you for being there when my father died. When she has that moment with Gina on the floor and really listens to her. She finally listens. Well, back to when um, Gina was having that rant. Uh, I love when she tells her, you being selfish was the first thing I said. And that's what you're coming back with. You didn't listen to everything else I had to say. And... Right. I don't know if you guys have ever had a boss who really did know you, but I've been really lucky. Years. Yeah, I was going to say, I've been really <laughs> lucky to have great, great bosses, but I did have one or two, maybe, uh, in my past who didn't really know me at all after years. So I really liked seeing that change in Blair 
that's why I watch The Walking Dead, really. I love seeing people have that change in them. Something hits them and they're, they become a different, hopefully a better person. Yeah, like not always. <laughs> no, not always. <laughs> right. Because it can go the other direction. Right. Yeah, we always say like the, the Walking Dead universe allows you to be the person that you were meant to be. Yeah. Which is why I never say better. <laughs> Like, right because it's not always that great i love that she was cleaning out the coffee cups and yeah i love that too I missed that yeah yeah i noticed that because oh, I that too. she had told her and stop leaving your dirty cups but i also love that it wasn't enough to break the loop for blair to change gina had to change as well yeah because it wasn't enough that she let gina go when she realized oh we might as well get it over with it, it repeats again so gina was, was the one that needed to kind of own up to her own faults and her mm -hmm. own issues, of which she has a lot. I mean, I, and that's the thing, I resonate with Gina a lot. You know, there's a lot about me that does sound like Blair. I know you all think it. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of me that resonates with Gina as well, like being complacent and, and settling on certain things. And I definitely know how that feels from my own job, which is to say, like, if I was not as much as I'm like spilling the beans on myself, if I wasn't as much of a coward, <laughs> I would probably have left a long time ago. I mean, the pay is really good and I get respect. But is that enough? You know, when you have to suffer insults, a job, not a, a boss knowing you, but not really knowing you kind mm -hmm. of sort of situation, but knowing you enough to be comfortable or a little too comfortable and disrespect you. So I know a lot about that. And that's your fault. Your fault because you have the control in the situation. You have the option of, even if it means taking a pay cut or not being exactly where you want to be, you do have the option. You do have free will to make that change. I know it sounds like you don't, but you do. And that's what Gina says at the end is like, you know, you're right. I mean, I wish I had that boss bitch mentality so that I could leave this silly mm -hmm. situation. But I just, I just didn't. And I stopped and I learned to accept it. Rachel, you've always been the boss, right? Your own business and stuff like that. Like, when was the last time you actually worked for somebody, actually? Right now, I have three jobs. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> right, right now. Right, yeah, I just found out about that, like, recently. I'm like, you have three yeah. jobs? Yeah. But for the past six well, how's years, that going? <laughs> before that, I had I didn't have a boss now because yeah. I owned a business for five years, so I was the boss. But before that, I worked at an animal hospital for seven years. Oh, right, yeah. We learned that about you during the pandemic, I think it was, wasn't it? No, we, we learned that old, about you right out the, the gate. That's the big old mystery. <laughs> I, like, I like to keep my secrets. Get let layers. everybody wonder. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to just be a boss, though. I mean, it could be a spouse or a parent or a friend or or anyone yeah. to fill that spot where they just don't listen. In which case, everybody's had that experience. Yeah. Or being complacent, yeah. I thought that it was kind of like a bigger commentary almost on... Gina's struggle of coming becoming complacent in her job and not really ever looking for more beyond that because I thought it was really interesting that they couldn't make it past five o'clock five o'clock is traditionally quitting time right that's right. like when you go mm -hmm. home and they couldn't make it past that they were stuck in this rut being within the work hours dealing with people from work always ending up back at work and so I think it really hammered that idea home that like Gina was really complacent and she wasn't happy in her job. And how many of us just work to work because you need the money? Right. It's not about what you want or what you enjoy doing or anymore. As someone who's experienced it, like when I say near death, I mean like literally dead and came back. That was one of the things I struggled with most when I, when I was healthy enough to go back to work. I was like crying at work every day and they're like, why are you so upset? And I couldn't even put into words why, I, but I hated it. 
I hated like <laughs> every minute of it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to be with the people I was with, even though they were coworkers and like they were friends to a degree, their relationship to me didn't mean anything. And so like suddenly it became like everything just seemed irrelevant and like work was the most irrelevant thing that I did until I left that job and went and did something that I really enjoy doing. So <laughs> thankfully it got Kudos me out of that rut, but like how many people just live that? Right. And I was one of them. Not to like make a commentary on the greater TW family, TW universe fans, but I mean, I see, I see this a lot. Like how many of them and maybe you guys are like begging for the zombie apocalypse? Yes. Yes. I was like, please anything to make this end. Like, so that I don't have to do this every day. This sucks. I'd rather be fighting zombies and maybe dead and a zombie than be here. Like, how sad is that? So what this episode is, is a commentary (laughs) on that. You shouldn't wait for a zombie apocalypse to decide to do something just at least differently than the shit that you're doing now. Which is, I know, like, I know it sounds callous, too. It really, really feels callous coming out of my mouth, but... And of course, I'm not going to do what I say, (laughs) (laughs) because I accept it. That's the difference is, is I accept it. The moment I I don't accept it is the moment I have to do something about it. And then when I don't, that's when I'm a coward. But this is the delusion that I tell myself. But you shouldn't have to wait that long. If you are not comfortable or happy, especially if you're not happy or if you're feeling miserable or hurt. And it doesn't have to be work. It could be anything, but it, it usually is work. You don't have to wish for a zombie apocalypse. Just address the situation and, and at least accept where you are or God, figure out a way out like so many people do. I can't tell you how many times I prayed that a zombie would just eat the face off of my shitty ex-boyfriend. <laughs> I just like hated that guy so much. <laughs> We're really getting, like, really digging what? in, aren't we, bitch? Like, I really <laughs> just, I wanted it to, so that was like, that was like, you know, 2013, 2014, like watching The Walking Dead and just being ago. like, please, God, something happened and kill this motherfucker. <laughs> I just like, couldn't you take were Gina. it. I could, yeah, yeah, I was. Right. I definitely was Gina. Yeah. Because Gina enjoyed eating Blair that one time, she said. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Didn't happen. <laughs> oh, I was so curious, too. Like, when she asked the question, what was it like to eat me? It's like, doesn't matter. Did Oh, come on. I want to know what it felt like. I want to get to that, like, um, what was it? Which movie was it that they actually went into being able to communicate with the, with the, it was one of the zombie horror movies. I think it was a Romero movie where they actually. Oh, uh, communi- Day of the Dead? Yeah. With Bubs? I'm not sure, but the the zombie that was on the table that they could communicate with, and it's yeah, and he would like pick up the phone. He like had a phone that he had to pick up. It's more of a test subject, I think. Yeah, that was Bubs. That's that's Day of the Dead. Okay, it came out after Dawn of the Dead. Right, and it was like it's a great movie. I'm always in pain, etc. I don't remember. Might be a different movie then. Okay, then maybe it's Return of the Living Dead three. Okay, wow, random. (laughs) Okay, could be. We'll I put really it in the love old afterwards. zombie movies. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that's the one where uh, the bo- the boyfriend and the girlfriend older. are on a motorcycle, and then they get into a motorcycle accident. His dad works at the lab or whatever, and so he takes her to the lab and gives her the gas. And then she's in a gas station. I have such a vivid memory of this. And she's like, "I'm so hungry," and she keeps eating snowballs. 
and that's like yes. not at all what she wants and then like a guy dies and gets shot or something that she's like in the back and she's like no and she's like eating his brains because she's so upset oh about God. it it's awesome it's a great oh movie God. i think that might no, have been one, it it's like one of my top five zombie wow. movies it's excellent yeah I'm gonna what, have to check that out. I think I think that's what it was because like the the number two the the first thing that she says while she's strapped down and she, as a zombie she says I'm constantly hungry and uh, sorry I'm constantly in pain but I'm also constantly hungry yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I think it's Return of the Living Dead three then yeah that could be about. okay yeah. well noted I'm gonna find that scene because I remember seeing it in an essay too uh, anyway oh it's a great movie I love it so Blair and Brian which by the way. Brian was played by Matt Medrano. Medrano. And he was like insanely active on Twitter during the episode. It was awesome. <laughs> Prior to the episode too. Yeah. He, yeah. He's like really all in on this. Where do we know him from? Cause I, I'm like remembering him from somewhere and I just, he looked can't super familiar to me and I didn't bother to look up his acting credits, which I really should have, but he responded to something I had asked him last night. And then I he was responding to, to like Mitchell last night. Um, he was responding to a lot of people. So that was really cool. And he was, he kept referring to Blair as a Karen, which was just <laughs> hysterical to me um, <laughs> while he was live tweeting. Right? I yeah. loved that. I love that. So Brian and Blair are headed to Jekyll Island and Jekyll Island is the real-life shooting location for Oceanside, which was kind of cool. Ah. That's right. Yeah. And, and a bunch of other things, but mostly that, yeah. I remember some of the background actors always taking pictures of the night shoots at Jekyll Island throughout season 10 and beyond. Or actually, the moment that episode 1015 mostly was finished, that holding period that we had for the longest time until we finally got 1016 and beyond, and well, actually World Beyond, <laughs> that period of time was filled with like photos of them at Jekyll Island throughout that duration, <laughs> throughout basically that whole season. Now that I looked more into it, it's like a place that I would love to take a trip to for fun because it's not anywhere near like the rest of the filming locations. So now I'm like, hmm, maybe one of my trips down to Georgia needs to be to Jekyll Island because that sounds really cool. Matt Madrano was actually on The Bold and the Beautiful in 1999. That's how Ooh. I know him. He is, he is soap opera handsome. I, I know. That's what I was like saying. <laughs> he was in SWAT. Actually, now I know where he was from. He he was in the Kroll show as well. Nick Kroll. Uh, what was he on Kroll show? He was Oscar Ballesteros. Too much tuna. Castle. He, he's been largely a background actor, but I feel like, like I was like, oh, I know where you're from. Matt Medrano was also in Future Man as Pena. <gasps> oh, yeah. Let me tell you what the episode names were, though. Girth, Wind, and Fire, and A Feels Errand. (laughs) I just thought that'd be a funny mention. (laughs) He just seemed to me like like one of those, either those VH1 VJ kind of looking dudes, or like, like, (laughs) right? Thank you. Not even MTV, a VH1 VJ? (laughs) Those are like the older VJs. Not quite to MTV status. And if that was the case, MTV status circa 1990s, right? If so, if so, 1990s. No, I'll give him that. (laughs) But I won't give him MTV of today. I don't know what MTV of today is. Reality television? Yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure it's just reality television. (sighs) This is the old folks on the porch conversation. (laughs) Remember when MTV played music television? Mm. (laughs) <laughs> anyway i would love that back again that's pepperidge me. farm remembers <laughs> pepperidge farm remembers 
The thing that made me laugh the most in this episode, undoubtedly, was the singed hair from, from, the, from oh. the explosion. That's like when you were allowed to laugh. You're like, okay, you don't really get to see that every day. On the walk, and this is, this, this is where like the funniest part of this episode is the most realistic one. Because people, <laughs> people on The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead and beyond, they get in front of explosions all the time and they walk, mm-hmm. they walk out, they just go... They look dirty. Okay, credit. Well, and then they, they smile, and then their teeth are actually bright white. And oh, they might have like some KMB effects on their face. Oh, I have a little burn mark here. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, but like you know, you never see singed hair. That's that's when I felt like I was allowed to laugh. I did like that. I also loved the fact that she threw down the cigarette and it didn't do anything because (laughs) science, baby. That was the first one for me, too. (laughs) They did the slow-mo and everything, and then it went... It was so good. It's like, yeah, you're right. It wouldn't work. You're right. That's awesome. Thank you for just science. (laughs) Just science. But, But Bridget, why wouldn't it work? Because a cigarette does not ignite hot enough to ignite gasoline unless it is currently being smoked. Right. So like when you're currently puffing, etc. Yeah. Right. Good and call. even then it's like it's not very likely. It's like it's like it's like, <laughs> it's like you're trying to light your, your cigarette on the gas stove. Unless you're puffing, it's not gonna anyway. And then you're maybe it. gonna send your eyebrows. <laughs> you get send your eyebrows, which I did one time because I was an idiot. Teenager idiot. Yeah, stealing cigarettes from my parents. Let's keep going. <laughs> what about Blair's outfit? Because her top look or her vest or whatever that was looked like a putting green or a Christmas tree. I couldn't decide oh which grass. one it looked like. Like, yeah. Like yeah. AstroTurf circa yeah. the early 80s, late 70s. <laughs> like shag grass. Well, I mean, but look at look at Gina's outfit as well. Like, okay, there's a turtleneck thing over a de- was it a Def Leppard t-shirt? It was a no. Billabong t-shirt. Was it bil- like to resemble? I stared at that thing the entire time. Billabong. Oh, oh my god! I, I looked at that shirt and I could not. I looked at it and I was like, I think it says Billabong. And then I saw that it said 1973, and so I googled it. And 1973 is the establishing year for Billabong. So that was what it was. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yep. For some Me reason, too. I thought it was an Alabama t-shirt at first. And I, I kept like, seeing Alabama too. That. Yeah. I kept seeing Alabama and I'm like, no, this is the, I, the like, letters I are kind right. of wish it was, but it wasn't. It wasn't. But like at the same time, it's like everything that's on her body makes me anxious. I'm looking at her in her turtleneck and her, her small jacket makes me feel suffocated. The, turtle, the turtleneck looks like prison stripes. Like she's in a prison. Yeah. You know, she's she in a prison was. of her own making. Mm-hmm. And they, that's mm-hmm. what you think of it. So maybe Blair's green vest is the grief that she's buried under. Oh. <laughs> Look at you, lady. I, like <laughs> I love it. Oh, and how many neck accessories to, to hang yourself Oh, my with? God. Killed me. That <laughs> killed me. I love it. And I love Blair, she Blair tucked like, it tucks in. it in. She's, yeah, she's like, I don't, hmm. uh, don't, don't look. I don't want people to like me. Hmm. Oh, man. Oh. There's so many things in my notes where, like, even even when I was watching the episode, I was thinking, oh, they're going to do that. They're going to do this. And, like, no, they, they didn't. It was exactly like Sharon D said. Like, they were like NPCs. I don't know why that bothered me a little at first. You've heard of the theory of like the butterfly effect. Like if you do one thing differently, things change dramatically, but they didn't. I know that's like a narrative thing, like where, no, we have to adhere to the Groundhog Day narrative, right? But like, I keep thinking to myself, oh, but like they changed certain things. So shouldn't other things have ripple affected? And some things did, like the PT Cruiser wasn't always 
blocking Gina's car. Mm-hmm. So there's things like that. Timing was everything. But I think what they were basically trying to say, though, I think part of it was kind of actually mentioned in the bathroom scene where finally having the heart to heart. And also in the truck later on, throughout everything that we do, we keep going for the tanker and we, you know, I'm still scared. And I think a lot of that has to do with what we do at work, too. We, we're, we always fall into these. It, it is kind of like the theory of time travel, too. Like time does tend to follow its original tracks. And we as people tend to follow our habits, too. Like when it comes to work, you know, oh, you know, we go on vacation, but eventually we kind of just fall back into the same routine as well. And so like the reason why they keep going for the tanker and the reason why they keep doing what they need to do is like they still can't believe that they they still need to kind of move past the situation in order to kind of break out of the pattern. So let me get to Mitchell's comment, actually. What about the CGI when Gina was hanging off the truck? (laughs) And Diana, you'd said. uh, Yeah, that's when I left Uh, the first time around. I just thought, well, one, could you imagine Blair doing that? You know, (laughs) running, you know, booking after that truck, hopping on it, going over the top onto the hood. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. And hang it on with Gina saying, I'm going to open the door. Don't open the door. I'm going to open the door. And I thought to myself, okay, they shot. The guy was shot. He's going to reanimate. He's going to come back. And uh, yeah, he did. He ate her. I love how I love how with every new repeat, they're discovering new things like the military is taking over. And like even after that one scene, she's like, he was dead. He was alive. Yeah, he was dead. (laughs) But you know, what's funnier more than that is us finally figuring out during the like the was it season one of The Walking Dead? We're like, oh, we were like exactly like her. We're like. Yeah. Wait a minute. He was dead. He was alive. <laughs> he was dead. And then Shane came back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's enough. <laughs> well, yeah, because it was like, oh, do you have to be bit or right. do you just die? Right. Which is the assumption. Right. Right. right exactly. That's, that's what I love the most about it. Like, they don't take it Wait, for granted. I do want to mention, too, the dad how it was Blair running at, I can't remember if it was this this exact one, but it was Blair running after the truck. I'm thinking, where's the dad? His kid is in the <laughs> Where's the DHS front? agent in all this? Yeah, yeah, he's a yeah, he's an agent, and it's his son, right? I mean, I just assumed it was his son. I think it's his son, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, Wendell is his son, right, from the back of the so car. He's chase, but he's not chasing he's, after his he's son. He's an NPC. <laughs> Oh, that's right. What? That's right. Actually, Wendell is He's an too. NPC. He's not programmed to do that. <laughs> that would make sense. One of the NPCs on The Witcher 3 says, he'd always drifter. <laughs> so, like, it says it, like, all the time. <laughs> that's what that made me think of. It's the agent. <laughs> I must arrest this yeah. guy. <laughs> he just turned around and went, he'd always drifter, like, instead of chasing after his son. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what he says to the ladies and then just leave le- bye yeah yeah well and he got bit yeah oh he it's over bit. for him the photo that blair's looking at from the article looks like ts19 and they specifically mentioned the cdc at the beginning of the episode right. so i just thought that was really interesting ah, that that's like that's so true. clearly connected it's more of a resonance uh Sharendy. or bridget <laughs> I'm sorry. My brain is having morphic dissonance. <laughs> morphic dissonance. And come on. Okay. Speaking of, after dark. <laughs> speaking of like confusion with names, I keep referring to one or the other as Gina or Blair. 
Like it just <laughs> incorrectly in my brain. Like which one? Which one is which? Uh, all of us have been doing it all night. I've been catching you guys like almost uh, Blair. <laughs> I mean Gina. I do like the little touch at the end where she takes a picture of the singed hair. For Jasmine. Yeah, for Jasmine. Who's Jasmine? <laughs> the coworker her who hated Blair's hair. Ah, okay. Okay. Nice little touch. None of this is real, but in case it is. <laughs> when we come back, I'll show Jasmine <laughs> the photo that never took place to her. I think it was the first two repeats, maybe, or one to three. The first one, obviously, is her coughing up smoke, Blair. Mm. The, the one where... Gina actually gets bit, probably by the truck driver, which we just mentioned. Her fingernails have like blood. Like it could be blood, or, or, or I thought it was old. Uh, I thought it was polish. old nail polish. Right, right, mm. but it does screw with your head because Blair was also smoking too. Mm -hmm. I don't know about when she was talking to her colleagues, but she could have been mid smoke when she came back. So it's not one hundred percent clear as to whether it was from the explosion or from getting bitten. It's just always it's these little tiny, tiny things that keep you guessing, which I like. Well, I really liked the fact that she kept clicking her nails and she'd like hold her hand to stop it. Yeah. They were so cyclical that it was like she could they come in at a specific moment. I just thought that was really interesting. That theme that I had mentioned in the previous episode about how um, I felt like I had seen kind of like a thread connecting the episodes even though it's not like a direct connection thank you for bringing that up i was gonna mention was it, the mental illness concept which mm. yet again continues and then also the unlikely duo idea ah is another thread yeah. that keeps is also continued and having seen episode three i'm gonna kind of stick with it I, f I feel like it continues beyond that so it's not as clear Joel, one of the agents at uh, Circle of Trust, is played by Kevin L. Johnson, who apparently is a huge Walking Dead fan. He is. Oh, cool. He was yeah. on Ozark, too, and uh, yeah, was he was very excited Ozark. to join yeah, the, so the Walking was... Dead universe. So that was really cool. And uh, I did write down that I thought it was interesting that Blair's dad died of lung cancer, but she does continue to ah. smoke, which is kind of a really clear form of self-sabotage. So that ties into her having personality disorders. And then I was heartbroken by her line after the explosion. Do you oh. think we're dead? Yeah. Because I really wanted to see my dad. That like, mm -hmm. <sighs> I might, I might start crying actually. My, my would... dad passed. And so that was like, mm. that really hit like hard. I was like, oh my God, one line. And I just mm -hmm. know so much about her in that moment. Mm -hmm. It's just yeah. whatever people want to say about this episode, they can say about it. But I will say the dialogue has been excellent in both episodes. It's been incredibly well written. And it's very clear to me that they spent a lot of time with these scripts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there that moment that you're talking about, by the way, with the uh, I, re I really wanted to see him again. I wish they would have stayed on that moment rather than Gina just going in. Nope, we're not. <laughs> this is just a shared delusion. Nope. Yeah. Let's just cut this emotional moment off at the knees it, because it was like on the second watch, you actually do kind of hear it and actually absorb it a little bit better because you've watched the episode already and you're like, oh, I missed this beat the first time around. <laughs> and then Gina chimes in. Nope. Don't be. It's a folly of duh. OK. Yeah. I think Idiot. you have a personality disorder and you gave it to me. <laughs> no, she's the one with the personality disorder. Well, anyway. But do you think that's a thing? I think. I actually kind of like think that's a real thing. Like, I, I don't know about to the degree of, oh man, I'm starting to air out my dirty laundry, <laughs> but to the degree <laughs> that it happens in this episode, but like, but I do often find 
that after a while, some people do take on the personality traits of of their their bosses, you know, where Mm -hmm. either it's they get theirs or being short, short with people like their boss does to underlings or their coworkers, or this is something that I saw at a customer of ours. And it was that they would take on the personality traits of the ones that were in charge of them. Like you'd meet them at first, they first get hired. They're very sweet. And all of a sudden they have the same kind of pass the buck mentality that their bosses have because they're expected results, that sort of thing. And it's just so weird to see across the board too. So, but have you guys seen anything to that degree? It's in school administration too, right? Like, like I mean, I guess, like, <laughs> I guess to a degree. To okay, I think about you know if you're kind of an empathic person in any way, then you'll maybe pick up accents easier depending on where you live, and you know those kind of things like can definitely be taken on just from spending time together. I can see that in a way. Now, is some of that learned behavior versus like necessarily mental illness? Yeah, like. <laughs> Sure. Right. And uh, Sharon D is in chat, by the way. And she said something really interesting. She said circle of oh. trust. They had to loop until they trusted themselves, oh, which is that's so like <laughs> sums it up perfectly. Yeah. yeah. Or trusted each other. Mitchell says the roadblock Ooh. on the highway is the same one. And Rick's group was stuck in in season two. Mm-hmm. I saw that last night on Twitter and I thought that was really cool. It's the same like curved road. Right. So that was really cool. Yeah. I, I thought I thought I recognized that like that overpass sort of situation Mm -hmm. i wonder if it had any effect on well i guess it wouldn't because right this is just at the onset of the apocalypse so it wouldn't have any effect on on canon walking dead it's it's not like until you actually sit down and think about it that that it actually kind of like oh it doesn't it doesn't have any connection to the season one of the walking dead beyond someone had stated online that they thought that there was a burnt up oil rig somewhere in the first season and I'm going to just have to watch for it the next time to see if that's true or not. So okay. I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. I mean, I more like know. influencing events that happened in season one. Do you know what I mean? Like, like direct yeah, no, events. I'm, right, right. But that's It's could too be. far out. That could be. And that would be a really cool Easter egg. But it does kind of tie in with what we said last week. Well, last episode that we covered about there being like a little, there's like little connection points in each episode so far. And that is true. We have, we have seen little pieces that have connected it to one of the other franchise shows. Right. Could, could also the, I mean, this is going to sound really stupid, but could the gas station have been the same gas station where Rick encounters Uh, like the teddy bear girl Walker as well? Hmm. Mm. I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to rewatch everything again. I feel like I think in, I'm not gonna say in real life. I think that may be the same location that they film that scene. If I'm not mistaken. Well, actually it might not be because I think, if I remember right, I, even I posted in our Instagram slash TikTok reels that that location was in an entirely different city in Georgia, not necessarily where they were filming in mm. Sonoy, let's say. Sharon D says, because she's not with us right now because of technical issues, <laughs> just for the audience to know why she suddenly disappeared. <laughs> she says, but I'm beginning to, this is like classic Squawking Dead where like Sharon D's in vociferously <laughs> typing in the chat. But I'm beginning to think the theme of this season is the perception of reality. In Evie and Joe, it's the perception of who we think people are. Like Joe thinks Sandra is what he needs mm. or is what will save him based mm. on their pre-apocalypse online relationship, parentheses, which is a whole different area of perception. And Evie is worried about how she was perceived by her ex-husband, even though it didn't really matter anymore. And she's not, the, she, she's not the same person. In Gina slash Blair, it's maybe the perception of time and how it may exist. 
parentheses, alternate universe slash timelines, etc. And in D, it's blank, 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 blank. <laughs> That's for la- I really later. Like th- I really like that idea. I though, do like Sharon it. I really like that. I'm excited to see if that withholds throughout the the rest of the episode. Yeah, w- cool. I, we're oh, man, we're gonna undoubtedly tear the next episode apart because it enters into because obviously it connects directly with The Walking Dead. Without saying anything more, it's frustrating for podcasters. That's what I think. It's going to be frustrating for podcasters to come to come to grips with. But it's it is a good story. It is a good story on its own without having to think of any of those tie-ins. That's the most I will say. Okay. (laughs) Mitchell says I also found it funny that Blair just lifted her hair and accepted her death. Oh yeah. 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 Well, because I think she figured. I thought of myself. And here, I'm going to break the loop now. Like the most unselfish thing that she could think of is I'm going to break the loop so that Gina can get to her nieces and nephews, I think it was. And her yeah, brother. Nieces. Right. Her nieces. Her nieces. And I think that's what she was thinking at the time. She's like, I'm going to let her go. Like do exactly what she said I wasn't going to do. Charity says, did you notice the minute hand was bent at the end? It's like they're bending time. I did not. Did you guys? I did not see that. On, I didn't on the That's clock an awesome in the catch. I didn't. Rachel did. She's nodding her head. <laughs> Sharon and I just rewatched it together before we got on here and, mm. and noticed it. Put, and we both noticed that, yeah. And I was like, that's weird. And like, so. <laughs> when when was which, it that you why saw do that? We look at it. I, I couldn't tell you the minutes in the episode, but it was Gina is sitting at the reception desk and you can see the clock behind her at some point. The minute hand is cocked at the end. And so it's like, <laughs> goes this way but then bends up it bends back towards before yeah indicating okay we're going back <laughs> well it's like do you follow the minute hand or do you look where it's bent at right which is the which one is the right way sharon he says right before blair was eaten i think right because at that point she was at gina's desk and basically telling everybody to get the hell out of here then she cleans i think she cleans the mugs and stuff like that and then decides well that's all done let's just get eaten Right. So there you go. I do like the little nods about the DHS agent saying that the military has taken over the city. So that's a cool Walking Dead nod. It's not something that we end up talking a lot about, you know, in Fear the Walking Dead was Project Cobalt. So it was nice to kind of bring that back as well, that there's some shit going on. <laughs> the military, the National Guard and in Fear the Walking Dead later on with Althea squaring off our stupid theory about the about this. <laughs> what was it called? The civil defense rising up. Which probably turned out to be wrong, I think. <laughs> well, I'll just say I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Diana from Screens and Focus. Hi, so glad to be here. Thank you. And Thanks, Diana. Cosmo Zero and I, Rachel Burt, Sharon D in the chat, classic Squawking Dead, Mitchell in the audience, and of course, Bridget, ko-fi.com slash punkybrewster. That's P-U-N-K-Y-B-R-U-I-S-E-T-E-R. It's easier to do it this way because then you can enter all our socials that way because they're two different names, so I might as well go with the Punky Brewster. Anyway. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Thank you for coming on, Diana. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Squawking Dead. Thank you to our guest, Diana, from Screens and Focus. If you like what you heard, head over to ratethispodcast.com slash squawkingdead. Five stars and eggplant is all we need to know that you love us. But tell us what you liked. Tell us what you didn't like. Tell us what we could be doing better. Tell us what we missed. But remember to tell us after every episode. And if you like what we're doing and you want to be more involved, because this is our podcast, our collective podcast, 
it's your opportunity to advise us on what we could be doing better and guide the course of the show. Well, all you got to do, and this is entirely free, is head over to ko-fi.com, create a free account, and follow us at ko-fi.com slash squawkingdead. You don't have to join a membership tier for as little as a dollar a month, which includes Discord access and immediate access to our unedited episode recordings. All you got to do is follow us. You'll know when we record so that you can join us in the real-time chat, which is entirely free again. You'll also know when we have cool things coming up that we need your input on. We don't post these things on social media. We just want our dedicated fans to be in the know of the things that we're up to on this podcast so that you could lend your input into how we do things. In any case, I've been your host, David Cameo, and I was joined by Diana from Screens and Focus, screensandfocus.com. And of course, my lovely hosts, Sharon D, a.k.a. Blazy Gardner, Cosmo Mom 9 Rachel Burt, new host, Bridget, ko-fi.com slash p-o-n-k-y-b-r-u-i-s-e-t-e-r. That's ko-fi.com slash punky brewster. Take care, everybody. We'll see you in the next one. But wait, don't go just yet. We still have to thank our Survivors and Whispers tier members as a perk for their monthly contributions for supporting the podcast. And they are FanArtLindy, ko-fi.com slash FanArtLindy. Linda Jennings, a new Survivors tier member. Welcome aboard. Hopefully we'll have you on the next podcast episode. She is admin for The Walking Dead is Freaking Amazing Facebook group. Just look for Walking Dead is Freaking Amazing, as well as Jasmine at jasmine.iac on Instagram and Lisa Jones 71 on Instagram and Jones AJ6 on Twitter. Moving on to our Whispers tier members. God, I love you people. We still have our new Whispers tier member, Yvette. That's at MRTNYVET on Twitter. We got J13 Voorhees on Twitter and Instagram. Sandy.D.Morrison on Facebook. Frosted Angel 67 on Twitter. Tyler Philip Cox on on Instagram and Twitter, Aiden underscore Atkin underscore on Instagram, and at Aiden the Raven on Twitter, and Judith.Morton on Instagram. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for a wonderful episode of Tales of the Walking Dead. See y'all soon.